the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Foundation of Wrestling.eventbrite.com. Standalone wrestling. It's going to be coming to Norwich, Connecticut. Definitely looking forward to debuting in Connecticut. It's our first time up there. There's a Kalisto meet and greet, which you get to meet him and you get a front row. That's 50. There's a front row for 30. And there's also a VIP white glove upgrade, which is a picture in the ring with our ring announcer and one standalone roster account, which is 35. So we have all different prices. And then we go down to a $20 GA as well. So again, there's something for everybody as far as the price structure goes to work with a group called Vet Ticks, where we give free tickets away to the vets and their families. Connecticut will be one. Well, if you want to laugh, you know, the, the person who's in that family that likes the comedy stuff is going to like that. If you want to see John Wayne Murdoch and like some hardcore bots and you're into that type of thing, you're going to get that. You know, if you want to see women's wrestling, you're going to get some of that. You know, so a, a great mixture of, you know, seven to nine matches to give a value for everybody and then to also give them something that they want to come back and see again. Anybody that's in the Connecticut area watching this, go out and support this $20 GA ticket, $30 front row ticket, and you also have VIP upgrades. Check out the website. Check out the interview. Davey Richards. I see TJ Perkins, Marco Stunt. But you also have guys like Bob Backlund who's going to be there. If you're anywhere near the Norwich area on May 20th, 21st. You're going to want to check that out. Standalone Wrestling. Some one hell of a card. Marco's stunt on the card. You have Nyla Rose, John Silver. You've got Kalisto for the meet and greet. Kalisto. If you don't think kids are going to want to see this masked wrestler, get your tickets early. Get the VIP package. Get your photo, your autographs. Line it up and let's knock this out of the park at Pistol Pete's in Norwich. $50 VIP, $30 front row, $20 general admission. Check them out at foundationofwrestling.eventbrite.com or check out our recent interview with Chad Menace and go to that Pistol Pete show because if we don't pack out Pistol Pete's, the chances of him coming back to this area very low. And especially look at the quality of that card. You got TJP, Matt Tremont, John Wayne Murdoch, one of the up and comers on IWTV. And this is going to be an IWTV pay-per-view. Are you a fan of pro wrestling? comedy and combat sports then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much much more do you like to debate with your friends do we have the perfect segment for you it's the 531 where we take any given subject break it down to a top five from there we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot if you want to get a hold of us find us on our social media search working fans podcast on any major social media platform And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform, as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. 
first off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2-Designs. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast. It's the man they call Dave and AJ Strange Brew at it again. All right, everybody. We're back in the saddle again. Man, I guess before we even get started, what a great wrestling week, right? I mean, WrestleMania Saturday was really awesome. I thought Sunday was solid, a good pacing, I think we had said. And then the Super Card of Honor the night before that they had with the Briscoes and FTR. Wait a minute, did you say good pacing? I thought Sunday was good pacing, I thought. Oh, Sunday, yes. I'm sorry, I think you said Saturday. Saturday's pacing was a drizzling shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to work that out. But Saturday had the bigger moments, I guess, obviously, too, with Austin and Cody. But yeah, great week of wrestling. Great week for FTR and FTR fans. They tore it up with the Briscoes. That was an amazing match. And then we'll talk about what they did at Dynamite here. Even going into this Dynamite, there was a lot of good stuff in wrestling. But, I mean, AEW wasn't really the talk of the town because they're not really a part of that weekend other than the Ring of Honor stuff, which, again, we knew was going to happen. Ring of Honor almost stole the show. They did, in a lot of ways. I thought they did. I mean, they set the bar very high to start the weekend. They did. In fact, if there was no Saturday night with no Cody Rhodes and no Steve Austin and all that stuff, it doesn't, like, Ring of Honor completely stole the show. You know, that's not even a question. Yeah, if Uh. if, if you don't have those two moments, unfortunately, for the WWE, and don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking WrestleMania this year. I thought WrestleMania was one of the better WrestleManias recently, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely Ring of Honor stole the show on Friday night. Yeah. You know, interesting notes. I know Producer Joe's not here to go in depth on ratings stuff like that but i'll bring up a couple ratings things real quick raw did like a 2.1 this week one of the best numbers they did in a long time obviously coming off that mania buzz what i noticed is the nxt show stayed roughly the same really no movement despite the fact they had the world title match on raw it seems to me the nxt 2.0 audience is really a different audience. No, oh, no, it definitely is. I'd also be interested to know, and unfortunately, like you said, our numbers guy isn't here today. I'd be interested to know what the numbers were like after Cody Rhodes was done talking, where mm-hmm. we were at at that beginning point, and where we were at for the rest of the show with that. I was listening to Wrestling Observer, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on this, I believe the beginning hour was one of the best hours they did in a long time. And yeah, that segment with Cody was huge, along with a few other stuff. <laughs> Maybe my boy Ezekiel as well. <laughs> of course, if you're not catching the sarcasm there, the main event was just Roman Reigns coming out and going, I'm the champion. Yeah. Look at me. Acknowledge me. Oh, by the way, I'm not telling you who I'm challenging next. I'm <laughs> yeah. not wrestling anybody. I'm not fighting anybody. Mm. Have a great night. You, you paused a little bit there. So good. I'm glad you said it. Because I, I was like, I don't know what he said. All right. So yes. <laughs> Sarcastic. Yeah, that ending was awful. I wanted to say too. I know what? We'll get into AEW Dynamite because there's one other thing. I'm curious about, and we'll talk about it as we go through this show. Um, I know you mentioned um, NXT, and I hate to drag back to something that you had mentioned. It is a completely different audience, and we'll talk more about it as we talk about our top fives, but Mm. I thought NXT dropped the ball this week, and Mm. I think that it's not one of their better shows that they had in a while. Yeah, even though the wrestling was good, don't get me wrong, the wrestling was great. I enjoyed seeing Gunther wrestle, and yeah, we can talk about it now if you want. They dropped the ball in a couple different ways, too. Obviously, maybe they shouldn't have put the tag titles on MSK in retrospect now in fairness they didn't have that information before putting the titles on msk you know what though i was looking at the timeline and some of those tweets were out by monday tuesday morning so yeah, like, but if the you were, were put on them on saturday yeah but you could have made it a, a <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah but, they, they might not have caught those tweets early enough to mm -hmm. take the belts off them. But that also might be why MSK wasn't, if you remember, they won mm -hmm. the tag titles and they weren't on the show at all on Tuesday. Yeah, I thought they were pretty, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, at the end of the day, yeah, we don't, I don't know if we have tag champ. I guess we don't. I don't know if Wesley is still. I mean, we might have a tag team champion. Yes. But we definitely <laughs> do not have tag team champions. Right. The right. other place that they dropped the ball was in their use of Gunther. Don't take a beast like that, bring him out and show, show what he can do have them destroy people now you have a champion who literally won the belt the night before has been dragged through the mud all weekend long wrestling his ass off comes out and beats this monster cleanly in the middle of the ring on a tuesday night show that literally meant nothing not mm -hmm. not a special show you literally wasted gunther and why to set up joe gacy right that, that's just idiotic booking i heard from wrestling observer i think the rumor was that gunther and eichner I think it was Eichner. One of those two was actually going to go up to the main roster. But now with the thing going on with MSK, that might not actually happen. So that might have been why the sudden loss, just to get that match out of the way. To me, it doesn't make sense because afterwards they did have Gunther and the other partner, not Eichner. Eichner's the one who walked down. He was, okay. Yeah. They had the other partner actually talk in the locker room afterwards, like, hey, don't worry, we'll pull this together. We'll still take care of business, whereas Eichner was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, Barthel. But like I said, I don't have a problem with putting people over. A loss is a loss, and that's not really the big thing here. The big Where? thing is the booking. I think the booking was absolutely asinine. And mm. coming off of a great weekend of wrestling, first of all, your NXT championship is decided on Raw. Mm -hmm. It's freaking stupid. Well, here's the idea, right? The idea is more eyeballs on Raw, and now people are going to tune into that product the next day. But that didn't happen. Did not happen. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So whatever their thought process was, I'm just telling you this. We we try not to be too negative on here, but to be honest with you, this is some of the crappiest booking that I've actually seen for NXT, even since they've been 2.0. We're going to get into Dynamite, and we'll talk about this, but we are talking ratings and stuff like that. Now... Dynamite, Dynamite did go up a little bit in their ratings. They, they hovered around that 900,000 to a yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. I think they were 989 this week. And then, like I said, Raw is usually 1618. They did a two for the first yeah. time in a while. Man. Rampage has been the last couple weeks, I want to say, around that 430. They've been even doing less than NXT, which brings me, let's do our first segment. And let's talk about that. So the first segment, first match on AEW Dynamite we had was Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. Fantastic match. No surprise. Christian Cage has had a hell of a career so far in this business, if you don't know. Impact champion multiple times. And one of those was considered the NWA title as well. World title on SmackDown for a cup of coffee. U.S. champion, intercontinental champion, multi-time tag team. Impact heavyweight champion. Impact, yeah, exactly. And then Adam Cole, of course, winning every title in NXT and Ring of Honor champ. And now here we are. They're setting the world on fire. We have a great match. And I want to talk the aftermath because, like, we we're talking about Rampage. We see Red Dragon get involved. They start beating up on Kristen Cage a little more. Outcomes, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, they're all fighting. AEW tag team champions. Yes, I, we'll talk about that. And then Adam Cole's like, I'm not getting involved in that shit. I won my match. I don't care if I use the thumb to the eye. I won. Here comes Hangman's music. Hangman, like a man, slaps him in the face, tells him, you know what? You, you don't deserve a championship, but I'm going to give you one. And we're going to do a Texas death match. And this is where it's interesting. Remember what I said about Rampage? All right, we have a live Rampage coming up. And Hangman Page says, I want to wrestle you on Rampage for the World Heavyweight Championship. So I think, obviously... That's probably a good idea. There's some stuff that was affecting that Rampage ratings, too. They've been bumped. Uh, you think the NCAA tournament? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But 
me and you both know, we talked about this too. Rampage, they said in the beginning this was going to be an A show too. That has not been the case for a little while now. They were for a little while, even when they were taped. They were doing no, big it's been a B show. They've been dropping matches that don't mean shit on there. Yes. And they've been treating it as a stepchild. This week is not a stepchild. This week has got some good wrestling on there. This week we had some good wrestling. I had a friend who was in attendance. He said this was an awesome addition to Rampage. I can't wait to see. I know Yuta is wrestling yeah, Moxley again. And yeah, I heard- you're a pure champion against Moxley. You've got Brian Danielson against Trent Beretta. You've got mm-hmm. Willow versus Red Velvet to qualify for the Owen Hart Championship tournament. And then you also have in the main event, I assume this is the main event, QT Marshall going up against Swerve Strickland. <laughs> I can't imagine that's not the main event. I don't uh, see how that couldn't be the main event. Well, you said Owen Hart qualifier, Matt. So let's go. I think we kind of. We both kind of covered that one. We both, excellent match. They're putting emphasis on Rampage. We both think that's a great idea. So since you said qualifying match, let's talk about the next match on Rampage. I mean, on AEW Dynamite, which was an Owen Hart qualifying match for the men's. Max Caster versus they debuting Samoa Joe. This crowd. Max Caster's Caster's raps are just absolutely insane. I love the part where he says, I don't even know why you signed this guy. He was the champ when we beat him. He was the champ when we beat him in the ratings. He made yeah. joke about him being injury prone yeah he was uh, or was Samoa Joe just nodding his head yeah that's accurate yeah yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and then Joe just did what he does but Joe uh, showed a lot of personality in this match too he literally is destroying him and in between doing like little dance moves and and then goes right mm-hmm. back to destroying him yeah <laughs> I haven't seen Joe do that in like a decade probably I think I remember him doing that in the impact days or something too having a little fun he was having fun this is the first time in a long time I've seen Samoa Joe be Samoa Joe and enjoy himself If that is what we are getting for AEW Dynamite, is that Samoa Joe? You done fucked up, WWE. (laughs) 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 They fired him twice. (laughs) Fired him twice, yes. Afterwards, we have a backstage segment, Sanjay and Jay Lethal. Yeah, they were talking about how apparently Joe only returns his calls to billionaires and that basically they're going to show him the respect he didn't show and they're going to have a great surprise for him next week. I can only imagine this is sincere and I can't wait to see what wonderful surprise they have for Samoa Joe. Well, they also brought up a lot of things that are actually true in real life. Samoa Joe really did mentor Jay Lethal early in his career. Mm -hmm. He really did help him to get to that next level with his personality, with his wrestling. They really are behind off-camera friends this is and Sanjay Dutt included all of them are in that same time period and impact and all of them were uh, catalysts in that area so uh, I'm intrigued by this storyline I love that Jay Lethal's gone heel I love that Samoa Joe's being Samoa Joe again and I love Sanjay Dutt I don't know how you feel about Sanjay Dutt I have always liked Sanjay Dutt his wrestling is underrated his ability on the mic is definitely underrated love me some Sanjay Dutt yeah, I, I'm happy to see him in this position. At Super Card of Honor, when he uh, first took that cheap shot on Donovan Gresham, I was kind of excited. I thought maybe that was going to be where it ended with him, but no, here he was on Dynamo. Yeah. So. Well, the thing is, Sanjay hasn't been working really a lot over the last couple of years. He's primarily been producing for Impact and for Ring of Honor. So he has, has not been in the working, but as good as he is, I find it hard to believe that he won't still be a great worker if need be. Now, I don't know if he's just going to be a mouthpiece for Jay Lethal or if he's actually going to be working but i love the parent absolutely we had a brief interview in the back with regal moxley and danielson talking about the matches on rampage this week good enough for what it was quick you, thing you realize all they do every week is just come out and tell the truth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. these guys <laughs> know. 
That's literally all they're doing. And I feel like we're baby faces pretty much with them too, even though they're like badasses and beating you up. I feel like they were already so popular out the gate. Like Danielson was going to be, was was being a heel, but I don't think that's the case anymore. So the thing is, and even when it comes to Wheeler Yuta, they told Wheeler Yuta, hey, listen, you went through, you took your beating by Brian Danielson. He's our great technician. You showed that you can stand toe to toe with him. Well, now you're going against a guy who's just going to brawl and beat the crap out of you in a psychopath. They're telling the truth every week as to what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, I love it. and I mean, they didn't move, but I mean, Luda obviously has, there's a story here with Mox where he had a match with him uh, many months ago where Mox yeah. wiped the floor with him. Mox came back and Yuda came back even stronger and he looked really good and he had really good moments. And now I expect this to even be a better match on Rampage. So they're going to be back and forth. I haven't seen any spoilers, but I can't wait to see. Yeah, I heard it was, they had a great showing, though. I got to tell you, these two, and Will or Yuda, I've got to give credit to, because they've done a great job of building him up. But yeah. you can build somebody up all day. Eventually, they have to take the ball and run with it. Will or Yuda, thus far, is taking the ball and running with it. So he, he is doing a great job. Will Yuta is a guy that a friend of mine went to see at Beyond Wrestling, and he was asking people, he says, hey, come on, buy my shirt. He's like, I got to pay for my school books. This is only a couple of years ago. <laughs> now he's on. It looks like he's 12 with a beard. Yeah. He's- <laughs> Super excited for this guy. You remember back in the day, when, of course, we had a lot of enhancement matches like in the 80s and WWF and NWA. And occasionally you get that one jobber who maybe gets a win due to like outside interference. Like the good guys might come in. You, and you mean like Razor Ramon with the one, two, three kid? That is a that is a tremendous example. That's the greatest example of all time because that led to Sean Watman having a hell of a career. But I'm thinking more, there was guys like Rocky King. <laughs> yeah. uh, wait a minute. First of all, Rocky King just passed away. I so, I like so R.I.P. R- R- Rocky King, for those of you who don't know, Rocky King was a hell of an enhancement talent in the old NWA. One of the most athletic and one of the best drop kicks I saw early in my watching fandom. And I think he was the weed guy for the Freebirds, too. But <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, and that's what he wants to be known for. That's what I think he wants the family everybody would want to be known for. Yeah, uh, my, my, Michael Hayes is very sad right now. I like Rocky King. I'm joking around. I like Rocky King. I thought he was great. There was something about him. He stuck out. He was an enhancement guy. I said this to George South too like George South stuck out despite the fact he was like, they got over back in those days but I assume but, you were you know, going somewhere with this yeah occasionally <laughs> that, that would happen once in a while and go nowhere but occasionally we get a storyline out of it like the one two three kid or something and then or it Barry got as the winner yeah, he had a brief storyline, right? I'm wondering if we're going to get something here. Captain Sean Dean now has got his second victory on Dynamite over Sean Spears. He's 4-1 this year. Yeah, he's got a few wins over on AEW Dark, too. I think this could be a nice little story. I think he gets beat up next week by MJF. He loses. And I think as he's getting beat down, I think Wardlow comes to the save. How about this? Captain Sean Dean versus maybe Sean Spears. And if Sean Spears win. We don't hear from Wardlow ever again, but if Sean Dean wins, Wardlow can come back. And then this leads to a big tag match. I like where you're going with this, but I have a similar philosophy, and I think it might go with a little bit different. I think Sean Dean, because of Wardlow, gets the win against MJF this week. Mm -hmm. That causes MJF to be so frustrated. Hey, if Sean Dean can beat me again, Wardlow can come back. Okay. How about this? They beat him up really bad. Wardlow was to say they beat him down, 
And then, so, you know, they have a thing where he keeps getting it. And he's like, all right, you want to get in here? But he says, you know, you get to have, you know, we, me and Sean, and we get to pick the referee. We get to pick, you know, the quarterman, whatever. And then we pick your partner. They pick Sean Dean. And then they think they have it in upper hand. They end up picking, like, the revi- FTR. It was like a referee. And then, like, one as, like, a quarterman. And, of course, those guys end up calling it down the middle. I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do with this. Is what I'm any saying. of those any of those scenarios can happen. Yeah. The one scenario I'm hoping doesn't happen is MJF just comes out and beats the shit out of Sean Dean. Yeah, because I want to keep the, <laughs> I want to go somewhere. Yeah, but overall, the big thing coming out of this really is that Warlow World War is Warlow is super over, and this crowd is loving him. He oh my god, beats the shit out of security guards. Scott from Allentown who messages all the time. I didn't pick up on it, but you told me he had to go back and watch it because apparently one of those guys that got flung was one of the guys from Wave and Curls. And oh. North wrestling. Yeah. So. No, was it the big guy? I don't know. But one of the I hope flying. it was. Because the little guy, if he got thrown by Wardlow, might not have come down yet. We had an interview with Jay Cargo next. When, when is this match? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a good question. We're building. We are building towards this match. I thought it was going to be on Dynamite this week. It wasn't on Dynamite this week. Not this week. Maybe they're going to have it on Rampage. It's not on Rampage. There's three shows next week, right? Battle of the Belts is next week, too. Yeah, maybe it's at at Battle of the Belts. Actually, this might be on Dynamite next week, I think. I could be wrong. But... Yeah, Marie uh, Safir, we just saw her on Bloodsport last weekend. She's looking good. She's only had one loss in AEW. Uh, I think she's undefeated this year. And I don't know. I think this is an interesting matchup. Do you feel like eventually Jay Cargo is going to be producer Joe in the comments here? The Maria Shafir Jay Cargo match. We're wondering when that's coming up, if they announced it yet. We think it's on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, I think week. it's Dynamite next week. But we're not sure. But yeah, like this match has been, they keep building up this match. I hope that. I like her hoe section. That's nice. The baddie section. <laughs> the baddie. <laughs> potato, potato. Beautiful people, positive energy. That's what this is supposed to be about. That's why I don't know. I'm wondering if she's going to be a baby face down the road. How does baddie stand with beautiful people with positive energy? I don't think that's the correct group. That's like what they're supposed to be, you know? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with the hoe section. Uh, he forgets he believes dynamite could be rampage yeah i know it's not this week either way it's not not often enough that they build for two weeks out on rampage yeah or just a match you know we wouldn't really think that would get this kind of build although that is the live rampage with cowboy versus adam cole adam cole jesus christ too many adams Rampage versus adam cole (laughs) there's anything my mom always said too many adams (laughs) cowboy cowboy watch when to put up with this shit no. Then we have the Hardys versus the Butcher and the Blade tables match. I Look. like Butcher and the Blade more and more each week, whereas yeah. I like the Hardys a little less each week. Confusing match in some ways. I don't know if you picked up on it. I know sometimes you'll fast forward to things. Oh, no, no. I picked up on it. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. People were eliminated after they went to the table, and the somehow the guy who ended the match was the guy who was eliminated. Already. I ordered that, too. Like- yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. Like Post was talking about this, and Way was clearing it up for John that just because you're eliminated, you can still compete. But why does he get to be the guy who eliminates you still if you're eliminated? Yeah, how can the guy who's otherwise, why is anybody eliminated? That doesn't make any sense. I get, okay, it's no DQ. If he wants to help his brother, and you're going to say, okay, that's confusing enough. Right, that's going to be, but I think you should, but whatever, I get it. But he actually puts him through the table. 
<laughs> I don't see how that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Butcher and the Blade, that match is still going. <laughs> Hardy's win afterwards, Andrade shows up with the rest of his queue. His translator, it looks like Scott Putz. Sting with no Darby Allen. Oh, yeah, you're right. We didn't get Darby. Sting was just by himself. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Maybe Darby was too busy telling Priscilla Kelly to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I heard it on good terms, still, unlike some people. Anyway. Yeah, well, I, I meant that in a positive way, that he was giving her solid advice. Like a baddie. <laughs> yeah. So backstage, Christian Cage is seen, pouring water himself. This is interesting because Jurassic Express then cut the interview that they want to face Red Dragon, and they challenged them to a match. They're going to put their tag belts on the line. But what I thought was interesting here is Christian just abruptly just gets up and leaves. I think we're setting up for a Christian heel turn. Okay, first of all, I've been saying for weeks that Christian Cage is better off as a heel. Whatever the fu- whatever he is doing right now is almost as stupid as having Gunther lose on NXT. You mean being a rah-rah guy for Jurassic Express isn't yes. how you <laughs> You've got this legendary wrestler, this guy who, okay, first of all, yeah, he's legendary for being Edge's rah-rah guy. But there's a big difference between being Edge's rah-rah guy and being Jurassic Park's rah-rah guy. Express. whatever all i know is that they're the only team that should not be the world tag team champs in aew i don't know i mean there are a couple teams i consider better we'll talk about a lot of think of a team that you consider worse i don't know about booking (laughs) and stuff like that and personality like i'd rather have them as tag champs and say the dark order still but that's really? what we're you we're wouldn't talking. want to see the titles on Silver and I didn't say Silver Reynolds. I was thinking of Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Wow. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I just think that's just the way they're you know been pushed. I can't wait to tell John Silver in person May twenty first at Pistol Pete's where you can still get your tickets to meet, do the meet and greet in the VIP section. I can't wait to tell John Silver that you don't want to see the tag titles on him. I'm rooting for you, Johnny boy. After that, we have a couple segments. Thunder Rosa. I'm sorry, Nyla Rose in the back. She's talking about, you know, basically wanting Thunder Rosa. I think that's been booked for Battle of the Belts. That's coming up. And then we had Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm with a little face-off talking about potentially meeting up in the Owen Hart tournament. I like the fact that we're building towards this. And it says to me that they're probably not going to be against each other in the brackets, but they're probably going to win a few matches and then meet. And I think that's a good little storyline. First of all, I would just like it if both of them spoke better English. <laughs> Secondly, obviously that's a little joke because one of them's English and one's Australian, but that's neither here nor there. But I love these two. I think that Tony Storm is one of the great wrestlers out there when she concentrates on wrestling. And then Jamie Hayter, I think, is one of the most underrated female wrestlers that we have right now. I think that she's rock solid. She can wrestle both a technical match and a strength match. So I'm looking forward to those two just beating the crap out of each other. I think it'll be good. Now, Hikiro Shida... Hikaru Shida, excuse me, Hikaru Shida versus Julia Hart. Julia Hart. I like that. Sends away (laughs) the varsity blondes to the back. Not only did she send them away, she started off the match by choking her with her jacket, attacking her from behind. And then she sends out the blondes because the blondes are like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't need you two schmucks out here. Why don't you go pretend like you're wrestlers in the back? I think the original plan, and maybe still is, is that she's going to join the House of Black, possibly. I don't know if she's a fit with them, because I don't quite buy her as that intense, but I don't know. Maybe maybe she could uh, be. She could be. I, I think some of it would just be changing her look a little bit. I, I think if you dressed her a little bit more like Liv Morgan and a little bit less like Debbie the cheerleader down the road, I think that it would be much more poignant. Well, Sheeta wins his match. Afterward, Serena Deeb comes in, tries to cheap shot 
her and Sheeta is ready with the kendo stick and Deeb holds the chair. They face off but don't fight. So again, we're continuing this feud and I like the fact that we're putting an emphasis, WWE could do this a little better too, on not just women's championship matches, but we actually have other feuds going on. There's all and, kinds um, of storylines underneath. You've got, now we've talked about Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter with a storyline underneath. Yeah. We've talked about Julia Hart changing her personality. Well, now we've talked about Sheeta versus The Professor. We yeah, are, This is really, really good stuff that they are working underneath. And they've been building for weeks now this Marina Shafir J. Cargo match. And there's a secondary women's title. So, and yeah. we have Owen Hart's women's tournament as well Absolutely. as the men. Absolutely. Red Velvet versus Willow tonight live and in Technicolor. Well, it's not live, but live to tape on Rampage tonight. We had one more segment right before the main event. Swerve is backstage. He's talking about being in the Grammys, but he hasn't forgotten that last match where Hobbs interfered and cost him against Starks. All of a sudden, he's ready to go back in the dressing room. Here comes Hobbs and Starks to beat the crap out of him. Keith Lee comes in. They don't get the upper hand for a minute, though. Starks and Hobbs actually get the better. And then as Hobbs decides he's going to like, yeah, Ricky, kick his ass. <laughs> Turns around, gets put through a wall. Yeah, it's interesting. Those I like two, Those are two big, strong men, right? there <laughs> they are. They are. yeah Hobbs um, and Keith Lee might be two of the biggest and strongest guys in wrestling so I, I like it I like the I like the visual even though obviously we know like it's a cheap sheet of wall obviously wall, but it's fun for what it was but once again similar to what we talked about with the women they're driving storylines other than championship storylines forward and they're doing it on multiple platforms this has been very big on rampage but now they got a little bit of the storyline on dynamite i think they're doing a good job of driving that storyline forward one other thing too i want to say i like because aw has two women's titles and they have the tag belts, and then we basically have the heavyweight championship and the TNT championship. So there's not a ton of titles, but what they're doing, and it kind of reminds me of the old NWA days, is you have essentially like, I don't want to say champions from other territories, but now we have Ring of Honor champions kind of mingling in and stuff too that we can take in and out. We've had the Impact title and stuff defended here, and then it gets back. You know, the FTW is not a recognized title, but we can still have it defended. To me, it's FTR a nice FTR comes out every week with more tag titles. They have the AAA tag yeah, titles. Now they right. got the Ring of Honor World tag titles. So to me, it's a nice way of kind of like using belts to help elevate matches, but you don't have to keep them around all the time. They're not necessarily diluting your other titles because it's not like anybody can be a champion in just one promotion. So to me, it's a nice way of like what the WWE doesn't get right. It's like WWE has all these different belts and everything champion but because AEW is working with all these other companies and stuff it's a nice way to kind of do this i am willing to bet you that if i go up to 10 people at a wwe event that at least three of those 10 will not be able to tell you who the u.s or intercontinental champion actually is i don't know if i could right now i could give me a second but like right off the top of my head finn bauer which belt he holding give me a minute here give me a minute i need to remember who the other champion is first the other guy beat zami Zayn. Oh, it's fucking Ricochet. Yes. Ricochet is the Intercontinental champ? Yes. Yeah, and Finn's the U.S. champ. Yeah. Yes. That took me a minute. I had to like think about it and go through it because they're booked so poorly, too. Yeah. But here's the thing. FTW world champ, Ricky Starks. AEW world champion is Hangman Page. TNT champion is Scorpio Sky. He might be the one that's least getting pushed right now, which hell, is kind of sad. Hell, but. I can tell you the Ring of Honor pure champion, Wheeler Yuta, 
You've got FTR, which has the AAA Tag Team Championships. You've got, they've also got the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles. They make the belts matter. Same thing on the women's side. Out of Gresham's Ring of Honor World Champ. And we know Deanna Peraza is the women's champ right now. Exactly. And we know the interim women's champ is Mercedes Martinez. So how little is the WWE making their belts matter? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely not enough emphasis on it. Well, we talked about it. FTR, holy shit. What a set of matches in like five days' time. They win the Ring of Honor titles against the Briscoes, and then they have this match with the Young Bucks. It's phenomenal. It's great back and forth. I love the little things. FTR, the baby faces, but still doing some of those heel things. Look like the, the streamers that came up with the Bucks, they blow their nose on it, you know? Bucks throw their jackets at them. And then, I love the tribute to the Midnight Express gear. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. The gear, the music they have, everything. Is, and then they have their tributes to like Brett. They do with the sharpshooters. They, they like these guys do things I've seen in the ring over the years where they tribute to the Hart Foundation, Tolly and Iron, the Midnight Express. I've seen them do demolition tributes at times. Like they, they do it all. Great, absolutely. Uh, and this match was great. This match was great. I what I really liked about it was, and the same thing with their Briscoes was. It was all the perfect elements if you got to see this live because you got the feeling anybody could win and it was back and forth. You didn't know what was going to happen and it was a phenomenal match with a hot crowd and each time and you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. FDR shows every week and in every event that they can work with any style tag team. You could not have two tag teams that are different, more different than the Briscoes and the Young Bucks. And to have them wrestle both of them within a few days and have such great matches with both of them, FTR is just so on top of their game right now. Yeah, they're fantastic. They do remind me a little bit of the Fantastics. Good call. <laughs> I just think a lot of people say the Bucks is the greatest tag team of the last 10 years. I'm not going to disagree but I'm not going to agree either. I think it's a debatable point, but for my money, I just love FTR. On, on any given night, when you say somebody's the greatest at something, it, you can have a different flavor every... We've had this discussion, obviously. Most people, when you ask who's the greatest wrestler of all time, Ric Flair will pop into their head, but we have different different flavors for different nights and different categories of greatest of what. I'm not going to take anything away from the Young Bucks. I think the Young Bucks are definitely in the conversation for one of the great tag teams. But FTR is so damn good right now. FTR. Let's talk FTR about it. Almost up there with Jurassic Express. Let's talk about I like Red Dragon better than Jurassic Express, too. <laughs> like The top three teams in that company are FTR, the Bucks, and Red Dragon. Okay, that's oh, without a doubt. Although you do, although let me tell you something. That team, the brothers there, God, what the hell is their name? They wrestled Young Bucks last week. Top Flight. Yeah, Top Flight. They've got all the potential in the world, too, to be a great tag team also. Yeah, both of them are so athletic. The hardest thing for them is going to be for one of them not to break off into singles because both of them have the ability to be single stars also. All right, AJ, I'm going to give you my top five of the week, and I think we're going to go home because I'll be surprised if you disagree, but you might disagree with one, so let me hit you with it. All right, Top Five of the Week. Steve Austin coming back for one more main event match. Cody Rhodes makes his return to WWE. Samoa Joe comes back to wrestling this week to Ring of Honor and then AEW. And then the final two spots, I'm going to give it to my boys FTR, their match against the Briscoes, and then their match against the Bucks. I agree with you. I do. I agree with you. Want to add something? The one that we're going to be a little bit different on is I actually enjoyed Raw Cody Rhodes better than I enjoyed WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes. Nothing against at WrestleMania. I thought he was great there, too. 
and the match was fantastic, but the emotion that he showed in talking about his dad, talking about showing the picture of his dad, Dusty, holding up the belt. Obviously, we've seen that match many times. Billy Graham's versus Dusty Rhodes and Dusty winning by, what was it, count hour disqualification, whatever the result was, yeah. and holding the belt up afterwards and the crowd going nuts thinking he had won. One of the original Dusty finishes, if you will, but the emotion that and the glimpse into what he's going through that we got from Cody there to me that was a little bit more poignant than his match at WrestleMania yeah I really uh did like that promo a lot we could tie it I'd say just put it in there with well, the whole thing with Cody Rhodes this weekend yeah we um, could just call it a Cody Rhodes weekend <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. But over, overall, I agree with you. There is one other thing. Samoa Joe returning could possibly make the top five. I, I had it. I had it. Oh, you did? Oh, sorry. Did, yeah. that, was my, that was my number three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if anything, I would tie FTR's tag teams in there also. Because for me, what we saw from Jay Lethal this weekend was also great. Got so. no problem with Jay Lethal. So, yeah. I would just, I'll comment one more thing about that Cody Rhodes since you brought it up. That interview was so good. And it felt completely different than anything else we're getting on WWE right now. It was raw. It, yeah. I, I mean, I hate to use a pond. Right, right. But it was raw. It was an open nerve. I think it's really how he feels. I Wait, think it's the emotion. Yeah. Like, going up, I didn't know you were a champion like Hulk Hogan. That sounds like something a kid would have said. And Dusty would have probably, keeping it somewhat of work, would have told his kid, no, baby, it has his qualification, champion's advantage. You know, like, you could just see it. And the fact that he wanted to be able to hand that belt to his father, you believe that. And, you know, then, like, is it is the dream really dead? You know, because he could still do this and honor him. And you believe all that. I, and saying I now it. he has the ability to hand the belt to his child and hand the legacy down to the next generation, all of it was just raw, uh, emotional, it's what wrestling at its best is. When wrestling is at its best, it draws you in emotionally, like The Undertaker this weekend, which, by the way, could have been another... Oh, that should have been. What the hell are we thinking? Of course that has to be in there. Yeah, yeah. we'll try the FTR matches, and that has to be number yeah, five. But, yeah. sorry. Absolutely. It's such a big weekend. Absolutely. Undertaker going hey. in the Hall of Fame. Glad we started talking about that. Absolutely. That has to be in there. Whether you love him, don't love like you have to respect that guy. Yeah. And it's the raw emotion. Once again, similar to Cody, you could see the raw emotion in his eyes. You could feel it in everything he was saying, talking about his late father, talking about his wife and how she saved his life, talking about his group that he hung out with there. What is it the btm or whatever it is the talking about each one of those individuals and how much he misses them on a daily basis his dealings with crush and yoko how he spent literally the last moments of their lives with them and didn't realize it at the time until after it happened that it was the last moments of their lives and what it meant to him to actually be there it just pure emotion I have to say, too, speaking of that real quick, just get back to Cody Rhodes before you get out of here one more time. Shawn Michaels, I was once listening to an interview, he talked about how he didn't want to come back for one more match. And we know he did that tag match in Australia for probably a shit ton of money. But like he said, the great story arc, the fact that he never got to really had to change his name or anything like that. And if you follow his career from like Mid-South to AWA, world class, like, and then, you know, back to WWF and then AWA and then WWF and then his singles run, it's all Shawn Michaels. It's all the metamorphosis of this character throughout the thing. And that storyline arc has never been quite told. Like, his real name is Michael Hickenbottom. But in wrestling, he's always been Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My point is, what a story this will be for Cody Rhodes to start his career, basically, other than like maybe Ohio Valley and stuff like that. You get to beat Cody Rhodes. To get basically what 
I'll say it like like a big show, like where he basically is already kind of peaked and you're kind of already being used. No, he doesn't accept that. No. He goes out. He makes a huge splash on Independence, New Japan, starts another friggin' company that now has been the biggest alternative since WCW in 20 years. And what does he do after that when he starts to peak? And maybe, maybe he's starting to become a little stale in this company too. No, I'm going back to where I started a bigger star with more emphasis on it. If this journey is complete and he does end up winning the world title, especially from a guy. It's one of the had, great stories of all time. This is going to be one of the best stories of at least the modern era. And it really is going to be interesting to see how history books will paint Cody Rhodes. But this world title win, I think, would be a big thing for him. I, I and, and think about how emotional it's going to be if he does get that title. Yeah. You want to talk about emotion that's going to be pouring out of people. I can only imagine when that bell rings and he raises that title above his head, what that would actually mean. And right now, the current person, in order for him to do that right he's now, cool. he's got to go over the, key, the head of the table. Yeah. The man who's in God mode. I will see. Who's been champion for over 530 something dates? Yeah. If we get this SummerSlam and we got Cody Rhodes hot, he's still hot, and people are talking about him, they're buzzing, and Roman hasn't still lost yet, and he's still the champ. Is this like the biggest match? I mean, I think SummerSlam is like the perfect place for it, right? Not only that, but think about the bloodlines the Rhodes family versus the Samoa and Dynasty. I mean, you've got two of the great wrestling families of all time going head to head i agree i think you can't wait forever on this but i think if you make this like i think it could be hot and i think if done right we could get this to the summer this could be your summer slam program and yeah i'd like to see it i'd like to see cody be the guy to dethrone him i don't know if they'll let him but i think this would be amazing and by the way have roman win it back if you still want to do roman versus the rock at mania absolutely in LA. Yeah. Absolutely. All you got to do is have Cody hold it through to a Royal Rumble, have mm-hmm. Roman win it back at Royal Rumble, Rock win, wins the Royal Rumble itself, and you've got Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. You could do something to split the titles up again if you wanted to, too. At some you could absolutely do that, too. Yeah. But this is just, there's so many opportunities here. I just hope Vince doesn't fuck it up. Me, too. <laughs> All right. There was a lot to talk about this week. Oh, we did 45 uh, minutes here for the folks. We really are the Working Fans Podcast. All right. Yeah, we're in early, too. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Fun episode. We'll be back next week talking about more good wrestling action. We'll keep trying to track down some interviews. Everybody who sent me comments for everything that went on with my mom and everything in the last week, I appreciate your support. We're back in the saddle. We're going to keep going on like like my mom would have wanted. The legacy, this podcast continues. And guys, just as always, appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 